Yo, I hope you are all great and I'm really pleased you are joining us for another Codurance Talk, where we talk about anything related with the IT industry, software craft personship, and people and the people who built it. I'm Frank Avila, software craft person at Codurance Spain, and I'll be your host for today. I'm really excited about the topic that we have today. How can we enhance the presence of new generation of women in the technology sector? And this topic is important because at Codurance we are very aware of the importance of helping to develop the next generation of software craft people and to promote the presence of more women within our sector and for sure this is something essential to doing great work in most organizations. And to talk about why, what and how we have today some incredible people joining us to the table. First of all, uh, Javier has a, an absolute killer profile journalist, entrepreneur, and developer. He is an entrepreneur and co-founder of several internet companies in Spain and writer of the Maraturing Saga. This saga wants to attract young people and adolescents to the fascinating world of programming, computer, and hacking. So, uh, Javi, hi. How are you Hello. today? Well, fine. I'm just, uh, you know, waiting for this uh, podcast because I, I want to share some opinions and, and, and I will meet a, a lot of interesting people, I think. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. So, a uh, real pleasure to have you here. We also have uh, Lucy Broomfield, a UX designer at Codurance. Lucy is a software product designer and she loves being able to combine her analytical skills and creativity in order to solve user and business problems. She's a woman working in the technology sector and for sure she has a lot of talks to share. Hi, Lucy. Hello, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, also, like Javi, I'm looking forward to, to getting into the topic at hand. Cool. And finally, we have with us uh, Ceci Merello. Ceci is finishing her computer degree and is working as software developer full stack doing backend, frontend, and mobile development at Badger Maps. And she's part of the gender studies on IT project uh, in the University of Granada. So I'm pretty sure she has a couple of insights to put on the table. Hi, Ceci. Hi, thank you very much for inviting me. And I'm very looking forward to this conversation. Cool. So I'm very happy to have uh, all, all of you here and let's uh, crack it. So I think that the good starting point is uh, about, as I mentioned, the Mara Turing uh, saga. So Javi, wh why did you wrote that book or that saga? Sorry. Well, uh, I wrote this book because um, I, I wanted to uh, solve a problem. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur with a background of uh, 20 years building uh, internet companies. And in the past eight years, uh, I've dedicated a lot of time to help other uh, startups to build their business. And you know what? I, I noticed uh, no women were leading those companies. Uh, like nine out of 10 companies were managed by men. And after doing some research uh, on the field, I understood uh, uh, why most women choose not to be scientists. And, and the lack of role models was one of the reasons why, why this happened. Um, on the other hand, I saw kids lost in technology. Uh, they are literally uh, hooked uh, up on devices they don't understand at all. They just, uh, you know, uh, touch a screen and, and spend lots of hours sharing their lives. And um, well, there are the reasons. I wanted girls starting their own companies and kids knowing how to surf this wave of technology. So that's why I wrote the books. Cool. So uh, your main target is uh, our um, girl teenagers that are starting in technology, right? Or that could be potentially interested 
in technology. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that we have a special guest joining us. That is uh, Adriana Avila. That mm. uh, uh, hi Adriana. I think that uh, you have uh, read the books, right? Yes, I read the books very recently, and I okay, that's them. great. Thank you. <laughs> so, do you have any questions for Javi? Uh, yes, I have several. Um, how did you get the idea? But yeah, how did you get the idea? Like, was there someone that inspired you or something? Well, uh, the first thing that happened was that I, I saw my nephews, uh, you know, uh, with their smartphones, all lay uh, playing with. Uh, friends and talking and and making selfies and shooting videos and you know uh, they were like all day sharing their lives <laughs> with uh with, with the world and 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 suddenly i i thought uh, i i think they they don't know what happens when they when they share a picture or, or what happens when they share a, a video they are not only sharing a video or a picture they are also sharing their location and, and, and a lot of other stuff so uh, you know that that was something that really uh, pushed me to 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 write that that was something that I, I said I think that I need to um, tell kids about what happens uh, when you when you are sharing your life because you know I'm 44 years old. And I'm so happy because in the first uh, 30 years of my life, I I had no uh, desire to share my life with strange people. I, I I didn't send my life to to the cloud. So so my life was mostly uh, the life that my my friends and my family uh, saw, and that was really cool for me. You no, know? I I mean, uh, and I see that kids don't know that they they are like sharing their lives with the whole world since they are, you know, babies. And that was something important to me. Cool. And uh, but also, uh, Mara Turing, uh, I think that is not just someone that is using the the devices. That is also she's she's a hacker, right? Yeah, she's a hacker. And uh, in, in fact, in the beginning of the book, she she is not allowed to 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 touch any computer. That it's like something uh, weird because uh, her mother. Uh, Tells her, hey, you're not allowed to touch a computer. You're not allowed to touch a smartphone, and, and she doesn't know why. That's something that that will uh, that that the reader will know uh, um, lately. Um, but then she she noticed that uh, programming is something cool. Um, then she starts uh, going with her, her friends to a garage, and in the garage there's a, a teacher who starts uh, teaching them how to code. Uh, the principles of programming, uh, you know, movies from the eighties, <laughs> a lot of stuff, and, and they and they want to uh, become hackers. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the fun things of the books. Cool, um, Adriana. Do you have any other question? Uh, not about the book necessarily, but how did you learn to program? Like, was it books or? Tutorials. Well, mostly through uh, books because when I learned uh, to program, uh, it was in the eighties and the nineties, and there was I, I mean I, I didn't have a YouTube channel to go, so <laughs> I had to go to the library and find a book. Uh, hopefully, 
that book was not too old, so I had the chance to learn like a recent version of the language I, I was trying to learn. Uh, first, I start with uh, basic, like most kids in the in the eighties, um, and then I move forward to uh, C. C++ and then PHP for the web and then JavaScript and other languages. But yes, in the in the early days, I, I had to go to the library and pick a book or sometimes I could, uh, you know, get some money and go to the <laughs> bookstore and ask for a book that sometimes uh, they have to order outside uh, of Spain because not, there were not a lot of books mm-hmm. of programming in the in the 80s here. I can I can sympathize with you, Javi, because my first language also was basic. Oh. Uh, just for the audience that cannot see us, because we, we have the, the camera on, but you cannot see us because it's a, post- a podcast. Uh, you cannot see uh, Ceci's face when we are talking about basic because you you uh, <laughs> you don't know that <laughs> everyone is too young in that room except Javi <laughs> and myself. Yes. No. Uh, so that's good because we are talking about the new generations and they are the new generations. So. <laughs> I feel okay. a little bit old. <laughs> no, no, man. You're, you're okay. <laughs> We are okay. So, um, last thing. Uh, Adriana, it's, uh, this book inspired you in some way or there's something that you would like to do with IT? Yes, I started doing Scratch a few years ago, but it didn't really like inspire me. But then I read this book and it really did. And I'm learning to program with the tutorials of the book. Okay, okay. So it works, right? <laughs> wow. Cool. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I have to say that, uh, Adrian, I think that you have uh, read two of the three books of Mara Turing. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So you have well, one Do you have the read. third one? Do you have the third book, Adriana? <laughs> oh, no, well, I don't I will send it to book. you. Uh, Yes, give me your address at the end of the podcast and oh, I will send it to you. <laughs> cool. So, uh, Adriana, thank you very much uh, for staying that uh, uh, minutes with us and uh, and have a, a nice evening. We will carry on with the next of the topics. You can stay if you, if you want. It's up to you. And um, so... I would like to move to uh, uh, some of the other people that we have here. I'm really interested of uh, Lucy, how, how did you move for, uh, into IT? So I was, I was thinking about this in preparation for the podcast, and it was kind of an accident. Uh, it was IT for me, uh, at least growing up and studying and going to school, was never, for some reason, it was never on my radar. It was never something I thought... Uh, an area I wanted to be in. Um, but I ended up studying art uh, and then I changed to business law. And after graduating, I felt that neither were right for me. So uh, in the meantime, while living in Barcelona, I started working as a virtual assistant. And one of the people I worked for was Jeff Gothelf, who is the author of Lean UX. Uh, and I started working with him and some of his colleagues who also have written books about kind of UX and agile and, and all of this good tech stuff. Um, so with working with them, I kind of discovered this whole different world of tech that I previously didn't know about before. I think to me, tech was, you know, guys in hoodies in basements with computers and like the very stereotypical kind of image. Uh, but then actually meeting these guys and working with them and going to kind of the conferences and such, 
I realized that there was this whole different world around kind of agile and putting the customer first. And it was very progressive and fast and, you know, very dynamic and interesting. And so this really got my attention. Uh, so after working with these guys for a while, I decided I wanted to make a career change. Um, so I did a, a UX bootcamp, uh, actually at a, a bootcamp that was specifically for women or women identifying people. Uh, which was a very, like, I really enjoyed it. It was a very supportive community of, of women, you know, all, you know, the teachers and students, everyone was wanting to support each other. And we had a lot of networking events, which was great. Uh, and then after the boot camp, I got my first UX job, which was with Cadurance, which is also a very uh, progressive company, which I really enjoyed. So for me, uh, IT or tech was kind of an accident, but it was a happy accident. Uh, I'm glad I'm here. And for me, I find my progression into tech was very welcoming. That's that's great. And also, uh, man, Jeff Godolf and now Sandra Mancuso, you are ticking all the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Again, not that's really accident, good. total accident. But yeah, not complaining. Cool, cool, cool. That's great. Uh, Ceci, what about you? Uh, well, me, I, it was, I think it wasn't an accident. I tried to like, um, since I was very young, like 12 or 13, uh, my father was like really involved, like in IT, he's a professor in the university and he was always like kind of inspiring me and my sisters, like, uh, you, we, like he made like summer camps only for us to teach us scratch that I didn't like. Maybe we should research why scratch is not that <laughs> appealing. But um, so I was kind of involved in programming, but I didn't like it that much. And I tried like scratch. And then I went to Ruby and I was like, I don't get this. Like, why? why like, I didn't get how you could take like a problem and program it and get a solution. But then on the last year sort of um, of school, I was like, okay, this is an option, like studying something IT related, it's an option, but I was like, okay, I will, I want, I really wanted to study architecture, but then on the, well, in the colleague exams, I didn't get like a good note on a subject related to that. And I was like, okay, so then I'm not that good in architecture. I will try uh, computer science, even though I hate programming. And then <laughs> I, uh, well, I'm studying the computer science degree. And at first I hated programming. Like I was like, I still don't get this stuff. I hope I can do anything else but this. But now I don't know when it was that maybe I begin to understand it or maybe I had good professors. I don't know, but then suddenly I was like, wow, this world is so cool. It has like a lot of possibilities. You can like, isn't, yes, like, um, Lucy said, it was like this image of someone like a programming in her, in his basement, his, her basement. Only one thing, like only seeing like a, a black screen and green and green characters and only doing like that. And then I discovered that there is a world out there that you can, and you can try everything and it opens a lot of possibilities. So I really like it. I, I thank you, Ceci. I think that is really interesting what you are saying and also the image that you are described because that links a lot with what's happened with the women in history in IT that 
it was uh, uh, since the 50s, it was a continuous growth and the presence of uh, women in IT till the 80s when the personal computer started to appear and all the personal computers were marketed for men and are presented as uh, the games for men and they start to that image of a dark thing of people just uh, playing without colors and anything and, and putting out of the the uh, the scene and uh, all the women so i think that the the first question it will be something like how how we can how do you think that we can reconnect with uh, with the young generations of uh, women to get interested uh, again about technology because it's something that happened in the past it's an open question so feel free to just jump well any any thoughts well i think the references are key when you're a, a young boy or, or girl so i believe references are essential to to get back to to the 80s or, or 70s as, as you said uh, i remember visiting the the warner bros studios in london in in 2019 um there were like hundreds of kids who wanted to be magicians after reading or, or watching the story of harry potter um More recently, thousands of girls applied to access chess academies and, and, and chess boards became sold out on, on Amazon. Why? Because of Queen's Gambit on Netflix. So, uh, yeah, and there are many more examples of, of things like that. So basically, yes, it, it's essential to, to create new role models for all those uh, girls and boys around the world who are not even considering the, the chance of starting a, a career as an engineer or a mathematician. Yeah, I think I would also agree with that because I think when I was thinking about when I was growing up or about teenager, when I was starting to choose my subjects and choose, you know, career options, um, the only time for me that you would ever see a woman in tech on TV or movies, which was sort of my main representation, would be either it's like the geeky science girl who's going to get a makeover. You know, she's like the shy geek and she doesn't know she's attractive. And, you know, it's like that kind of story. Or it would be more like uh, on NCIS, you have the one science girl who's the very, you know, attractive alternative goth character. So for me, at least growing up, this, this is the only two ways you could see women in tech, kind of the shy nerd or the alternative nerd, basically. So, yeah, for me, I think there wasn't a lot of ways that you could see yourself in in media in tech what about you Ceci? did you get any reference uh, on tv that uh, you feel like attract you on that area yeah i think back then when i had to choose i i'm like lucy like i didn't you only had that image and you were like okay maybe you can uh, get out of that stereotype or something but even For example, in my school, they even asked me when I said, well, maybe I can, I want to study computer science. They were, my friends were like, um, but that's, you are, you are only gonna have boys as uh, colleague friends. And I was like, okay, I really don't care. But now that you're mentioning it, like there was, like you were, tr I, you have all these image, you try to escape from them. And still there are a lot of questions that are not bad intention or anything i don't think so but still they are they make you question stuff like well a friend on a friend of mine 
asked me, she wasn't studying uh, computer science, but she was like really, really uh, preoccupied because she was like, so if you don't like playing video games, uh, I'm really going to be successful in the IT world. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute there. So I think it's, as you mentioned, really important to have references, see people that are being really successful, women that be, are being really successful, because if you don't have those references and you get asked all these questions about, mm, they're all men, then you are probably going to love it. Yeah, there's there's a lack of, of uh, yeah, of uh, symbols that uh, really lead you to take that route. Uh, thinking also about that, uh, and also discussing with Sassy, uh, with Cefi, uh, because uh, she's, uh, you're watching now Buffy, and yes. one of the main <laughs> yes. characters that is Willow Rosenberg. Uh, it was uh, uh, in the 90s, someone that uh, is a hacker and also was a, a symbol of the LGTBIQ plus community. And it's, it's really, <laughs> spoiler, it's really uh, uh, one of these characters that, but it was in the 90s, not now. And there's a couple of more examples, like, for example, um, if you remember the girl in Jurassic Park, that is the child that is uh, breaking the system. And uh, she say, uh, I quote, oh, it's a unique system. I, I, I know this. Uh, originally, even it wasn't a girl. It was Steven Spielberg, the one that changed it, because there's, there's, that's all, there's no presence. And um, Ceci, you mentioned the games. And not just in the in the popular culture, there's a lot of really uh, women that has impacted in the industry. So, for example, uh, Roberta Williams, that was the creator of the King Quest uh, point and click game and adventures, that was the most sell in in the eighties. Uh, she just disappeared. All these roles of people that were really doing things are all disappear, like, uh, I don't know, Margaret Hamilton, Kim Swift now developing the portal, or uh, Carol Shaw in the Atari in the 70s. There's, it's like these names never appear there. Even Barbara Liskov, that is the L in Solid. So she has a letter in Solid. <laughs> and that's all, there's no, there's no representation when even uh, there's women there, there's a silence. So uh, how do you think that we can bring back all that reference to the new generations? Mm, well, I'm like, I really like that seeing all those references, even though, well, even when I see them now, like Willow and all of these that I'm seeing now, I'm like, wow, it has, it will have been so good to see them before. But still, I think that we need to um, relax. So, well, I mean, like all these people or all these references, for example, Willow or um, the references that are now, it kind of looks for me like they are like, well, they are really extraordinary people, of course. But I kind of sense that you need to be like the image they are giving or the image the people are getting is that you need to be very extraordinary or you need to have like a really high IQ to get to that point where you 
um, stand out in the IT community or the computer science engineering and that, all that. So I think that's cool. For example, having Twitter or um, social networks and see people that have, well, that we are all humans at the end. So seeing people that are studying and are making a really good effort and are also standing out. So I, yeah, that's my point. I know what okay. you think. That. Cool. Um, there's, uh, have you mentioned before the, uh, the purpose of uh, Mara Turing about the uh, use of technology that there's also really related with uh, parenting and also how the technology is treating the school. So in your opinion, what do you think that uh, uh, the, we as parents can do for the new generations to, to set the, the context that they can use to grow uh, on that area, as a, as a women in that area? Well, you know, um, some parents uh, notice that there is something wrong with the, with, the, with the kids playing Fortnite like um, four or five hours uh, every day. But others don't see any problem with, with their children hooked uh, to screens for such a long time. Um, you know, as long as the kids are uh, relaxed and, and are in their rooms, everything is fine, no? Um, I think that some parents have not noticed that the world uh, has changed a lot. Uh, I hate when people say, hey, you must uh, prepare for computing because the world of tomorrow uh, is the world today. Uh, and I think uh, parents are not aware that the change has already happened and that they are not uh, adapt to, 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 to that change. So, uh, and that also happens in school. I mean, in, in school, sometimes, uh, you know, the teachers are doing the work, the work on, on their own. I mean, uh, they, they, they see something in the market. They see some behavior and, and they decide to go outside of the boundaries or of their, of their lessons. And they say, okay, I'm going to, you know, uh, Put a new example for them. I'm going to teach them on how to handle their smartphones. Or what happens when you are talking with a with a you know with a strange guy in your cell phone? Or what happens when you get a malware in your smartphone? There's like you know a whole new universe inside the the smartphone because it's like a big computer. In fact, it's a small only in size, but it's a very big computer, and. And parents are not prepared for that. Uh, I mean, maybe some parents are, but in my experience, when I visit the schools and I and I, you know, I talk to kids, I talk to teachers, I talk to uh, mothers, fathers, and when we are alone, they say, "Okay, but you know, we don't know anything about what happens inside the smartphones of our kids." And I think that that's the starting point to to solve uh, this this problem. Okay. Um, how, how do you uh, see that, uh, Lucy, in the school? Uh, in your school, it was something that the technology was uh, something out. Do you think that is something that we need to improve in our educational system to, to engage uh, the new generation of women? Yeah, I think so. Um, for my generation, when we were at school, technology was very mainly ignored by parents and schools like they 
they didn't understand it and they didn't want to understand it. So, you know, they sort of treated it as a generational difference. You know, we, we like things in the real world and these young kids today want to do things online. And I think maybe from like the news, they had an idea of some of the dangers that were online, but they really didn't, they had no capacity to provide guidance or protection to us because they didn't understand how any of this worked. And because we were growing up with technology, we we knew how to use it. And we, you know, kids will find ways to do what they want to do. Like we would, you know, share ways that you could you could hide things from your parents. There would be parents that would turn off the Wi-Fi at night, not realizing that the kids had data on their phones and things like this. So, you know, <laughs> kids were always one step ahead because we were growing up with it. And schools and parents just sort of didn't seem to take the time to research this topic because I don't think they understood how much of a change that this new technology was for children and the, you know, the potential that this technology could have in the wrong hands. So, yeah, I think mm -hmm. really uh, parents, we're, we're kind of reaching the point where parents and schools can no longer ignore, you know, this digital revolution. They have to become more educated about all these platforms or at TikTok about all these other things, because it's really massively shaping the children's lives. And if, if you're not aware, you know, you're leaving your children. You know, like, yeah, like I said, you can't guide your children and you can't advise your children. So, you know, it's a huge mm -hmm. blind spot to leave. So um, do you have any kind of, uh, as uh, Javi has mentioned, I, I used to go to school to do talks and everything. Did you receive any kind of talk about uh, IT and also the, the IT as a profession? And focus in in uh, uh, in girls, or focusing how you can go in uh, on that career. I think, I think from a security perspective, we would have the occasional, slightly half-assed talk about you know don't talk to strangers online, and that would sort of be it. Um, and then from a career perspective, I don't think I remember anything. We would have like career fairs maybe, but it would be for multiple industries and there was never really a push to change um, the current status quo. You know, it was, you know, tech was always very male dominated. And if there were career fairs, it would be a very male dominated career fair. And that was just kind of how it was. So for me, uh, growing up in the UK, I, I don't remember really getting much uh, of a career push into IT. Ceci, what about you? Uh, yeah, kind of the same. Like you had uh, these fairs at the end when you had to choose like the college you wanted to study on. But apart from that, all the IT related stuff that they tell they told you about in in school was like be careful with that. You don't know what, who is <laughs> in the other side of the screen, and you were like, okay, be careful and nothing else. So it was kind of confusing. Yeah. Uh And how do you think that uh, companies, because at the end, uh, this podcast is uh, heard mainly by professionals. How do you think that companies or um, uh, people that uh, work uh, in their own way can help to change that? Well, well, I think going, going to the schools, like I think it's going there, trying to, 
have what you didn't have when you were in school? Like, what would you like to, well, what would you have liked to be told when you were there? Like, this world is here and you can do whatever you want with it. I think that's a first step that I don't, I don't know if it's being done. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, uh, something that, that we need to start to move. There's some uh, groups that are usually non-profitable groups, uh, like, uh, I don't know, like uh, Girls in Tech, Women Tech Makers, or Geek and Tech Girls that are doing things. But I have the feeling that they're not enough and there's not enough presence and it's not enough with do one or two or three events per year and also focusing people that are really close to go to the industry more than uh, uh, the people that start to decide what they they want to do with their life. And even if you don't want to, to be professional, uh, but just for fun as an option to, to play with IT, uh, have you ever been part of any of this group or, or collaborate with them? Well, uh, yes, I have been uh, working with uh, Telefonica. You know, they have all like well, Chema Alonso is uh, mm -hmm. this, this guy who is very famous as a, as a hacker, and they are, you know, uh, they have uh, the Women in Tech initiative that it's good, and and they are trying to, uh, you know, um, close the gap between uh, kids and technology, girls in technology. And that's good, but I see some improvements in the big companies because, you know, big companies um, have their a marketing budget, they have a marketing team uh, and a marketing schedule and they have to do things uh, in the year and, and they have time to think about this. But I see that the, the problem now is in the small companies. It's like the, and there are a lot of small companies in Spain, small companies, I think are like uh, an 80% of, of of all the companies and small companies don't have time or the resources to to start uh, uh, researching on this and, and they don't have time to to look uh you know next to them and see okay i think we must do things differently i'm i think we must start talking about not only security you have said something very interesting in schools uh, technology was something that you only heard about when they said please be aware of strange people Please be aware of a virus. Please. No, I think that this is bigger than that. You, you, you must start uh, telling kids, well, telling girls that technology is uh, a very interesting path, a professional path, and they, and they can choose that. And, and telling uh, kids in general that they, they have a, like, like, you know, a future. And, and sometimes it's only a matter of choosing the right words. Uh, while I uh, titled my book, Mara Turing, rise of the hackers, I could have said Maraturin rise of the programmers. But when I said programmers to kids, uh, they see a programmer as an old guy uh, tired of, of typing on the computer. Uh, and, and hackers sounds bad to them. But uh, a programmer sounds back to, uh, bad to them. And hackers sounds good to them. So a hacker is like a mysterious woman uh, or a man that is uh, ready to hack the world. So sometimes the industry only only has to uh, you know try to adapt their language, and and, and, and that's something that works. Uh, Lucy, I am seeing you nodding about the use of certain words. Do you want to 
going? Oh, I, I was just agreeing completely because, um, well, we kind of I kind of spoke about earlier that my initial vision of t- uh, career technology was this kind of like guy with a computer in a basement somewhere. And for me, if someone, you know, before, now that I'm in tech, I see it differently. But years before, if someone said programmer, that was that was kind of the image or the association with that word. And I think I would find it off-putting. Whereas like, yeah, like you said, hackers sounds like badass. It's like you see hackers in movies and they're like always the smartest people in the room, you know, breaking into the FBI and like, you know, totally unrealistic stuff, but <laughs> cool stuff. It, like there's a bit of That's like cool. fun there. Yeah, it's appealing. Like who wouldn't be interested in like learning how to be a hacker? So yeah, there, I think there's like a bit of marketing spin you could put on on things to help, you know, make something attractive that maybe wasn't so attractive mm-hmm. before. Yeah, and uh, also the the uh, the wording. So in my head is is resonating all the time. We in Codrance we grow with the software craftsmanship community, and during years this have evolved, and now we are all the time talking about uh, craft people or craft, craft people. person. We are not talking about craftsmanship because this is something that is stopping to a lot of people to going into the community and we need to be way more inclusive and, and open to, to... Because at the end, it's, it's just bring more people and bring smart people that the diversity make you get better results. <laughs> so it's just <laughs> from, that, from a, a total profitable way of thinking, it's, it's better. It's just better. So it's better. Uh, we yeah. need to figure out how, how to, to uh, bring bring more interest on on the junior, younger generations. Uh, Ceci, you are nodding too? You agree with that? Yes, nothing to add on this. I'm totally <laughs> Yeah. Cool. Uh, I was I was talking about uh, groups that uh, um, that promote to have more uh, women in tech or girls in tech. Uh, in, in some companies, as you mentioned, with Telefonica, there's initiatives or the or some other companies. We in Codrans, for example, we have a, a diversity group that we try to impulse some of these things. Uh, but the, do you think that our enough that is enough is that enough no it's not enough at, at, at all <laughs> i mean uh, you know i there's um uh, things have improved a lot i mean in the past uh, three years um I, I have done my homework i, I just took a list uh, this morning and with a lot of companies i have been uh, advising in the past uh, three years and now like uh, three out of ten companies have a woman in the role of a CEO. And, you know, that's great because I, I mostly work with uh, startups, with uh, tech companies. And 10 years ago, there were no women. It was like 10 out of 10 companies were, um, you know, led by a, by a man. Uh, you know, third, uh, three out of 10 is better than uh, zero. But... And there's a lot of, of margin to improve. And, and I always say uh, this, uh, if, if the world of tomorrow is, is uh, you know, has a lot of technology, it's, it's, it's full of technology everywhere, and the world is split 50, 50% women and men, uh, why are men designing the, the world of tomorrow? <laughs> it should be something uh, 
we 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 have to do uh, together. So um, I think there's a lot of 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 room to to improve. And you know, the good thing is that now we have the channels. I mean, uh, we have millions of kids uh, in watching uh, TikTok, YouTube, Twitch, and if the industry uh, is st- uh, starts, uh, you know, delivering the, the the right messages through those platforms. I think uh, we we can change a lot of uh, stuff because kids are not. Um, how do I say this? Kids are not uh, silly people. I mean, if you give the proper uh, arguments, if you give them reasons, they say, "Okay, this is clear. The world is really a place where fifty uh, percent of the population." are women, 50% are men. Why are men only designing the world of tomorrow? So, um, yes, I think there's a lot of space to, to improve. Yeah, you, you talk about channels and uh, there's... Well, the, the the majority of the presence that we have uh, uh, in the, in the industry and also the majority of the presence of women in the industry is in Twitter. And that's okay, but Twitter is not for teenagers. Teenagers use other platforms. They are using Twitch. They are using YouTube. They are using TikTok. And we don't have presence there. There's no there's no reference of a, a, a great uh, IT uh, women that is showing how fun is to code to to kids. We are always talking in a mature way for mature audience, and uh, and maybe um, we need to think how we can revert that. If there's any kind of uh, involvement that we could have with that communities, yeah, that's really interesting because uh, if if you uh, start searching on Instagram, it's really hard to find um, women who are uh, you know who are working as hackers. And, and Twitter is really it's, it's easier. You can find a lot more. And if you go on TikTok, it's almost impossible. I mean, there are there, on TikTok you you find a lot of wannabes who have the hoodie and all that stuff, saying, "Hey, I'm going to teach you how to hack your girlfriend's phone and something like that." So, that, and that's not the the way we must uh, go. But um, Yes, that's a problem. I mean, Twitter, uh, it's, a, it's a platform for mature pre- people. Maybe YouTube, it's a good platform for this, but there's a, like, a lot of noise. And, 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 the tre- and in the trends section, you will always uh, have the, the same results. You know, reggaeton and <laughs> football players, uh, people singing. And, uh, I, I like to, to, to make a question to, to kids when I'm in, in schools. As, as you have mentioned TikTok, I, I ask them, uh, why do you dance in front of a camera? And and they say, uh, why are you asking me that? And no, it's just, wh- wh- what do you think when you put yourself in front of a camera and you say, I'm going to share with a lot of strange people uh, a video of myself dancing or, or making a challenge and, and things like that. And something pops in their mind and say, okay, I have never made my this question to, my, to myself. So sometimes it's only a matter of asking kids about why they are following a trend and things like that. <laughs> maybe maybe the next thing that we need to do is to set a challenge to do the fist bus kata. 
uh, in TikTok, and maybe maybe that work. It's uh, <laughs> so sure. uh, Lucy. Hashtag, if, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if you if you had to choose one one platform to connect with teenagers and share content that will attract them, what what platform would you choose? So I think just based on popularity and growth and kind of viralness, I, I would go for TikTok. Not that I know a lot about TikTok, but yeah, I think I think it's a very, like TikTok is designed to be very clickable and browsable. It's fast dopamine hits, short videos. It's very like, you know, they've, they've got everything worked out when it comes to getting engagement. So if there was a way to find how you could you know, broadcast, you know, diverse people working in tech in a way that was accessible and kind of put that into short videos, I think that would be very uh, impactful. How you would do that, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, just, well. I'm throwing out ideas. I have no solutions. It's not easy with TikTok. I mean, I, I find it really difficult, maybe because my brain is mapped in a whole different way. But when I access TikTok, I say, okay, what do I have to do to be to become popular here, to, to make something different? And I don't want to dance in front of a camera. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, but uh, it's, it's, uh, um, I think that is interesting how, um, because IT never was cool till the moment that became cool. And uh, now is that... Uh, 15 years ago or 20 years ago being a nerd was awful mm. and now being a, a, a nerd or a geek is really cool and uh, there's TV shows about how cool is uh, being a geek and there's uh, also it's, it's a, a, a really well paid profession so compared with others so it's also oh you can do a lot of things in the moment that you are working there so it's kind of a really attractive attractive but still we don't break that barrier and we focus all the time in the same kind of profile and i think that maybe um we need to work more with all that uh, non-profitable groups uh, maybe we, we need to impulse more to go and talk to to um to uh, schools and uh, and not just in the in the side of companies but also in our personal side is it's not that difficult to approach to someone and tell them hey I, I want to collaborate with you i want to do something with you and and the people surprise us being way more open to collaborate and to the thing that we expect at the beginning and uh, and i think that maybe something that that we should think as an industry how we can do way more of that Sure. Because uh, we we do a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, meetups that are the same meetup multiplied by twenty, <laughs> or is the same talk that is again and again. And maybe we instead of do the same talk twenty times, we can do it in nineteen, and just do once <laughs> something that is more di more different and with a different focus. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking nonsense. What, what, what do you think about? No, it? no. That's that's a very good. Um, that's a very good solution. I mean, if if we we are only here like uh, four people, if we go to uh, a school near our home and we say, "Hey, do you have a do you have room next week for a speech about technology?" Like 15 minutes or 30 minutes. Uh, 
you will see that most teachers will say, yes, I need something like that. Because, uh, you know, uh, people don't like to um, recognize, that, to acknowledge that, that they don't know anything about a subject. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I'm out of the loop with, with technology and that's not uh, nice. I mean, that's bad. But when you say, okay, I'm going to explain this to you uh, from scratch, from the, from the basics, I'm going to explain to you what, what, what is this, because you think you know what, what a, a, a mobile is, but maybe you don't know what a mobile is. Uh, I think that the, the least used uh, feature of a phone now is the phone, because mm -hmm. no, no one talks with the phone anymore. <laughs> I mean, the phone is something that uses uh, your mother to talk to you, but, but most of your friends and, and partners uh, reach you through a, a Slack, a WhatsApp, and other, and other tools. So, so I think that, that uh, Fran, that you have said something really interesting. Maybe we all should, uh, you know, take one hour every month for, to start and, and, and choose a place near us and say, okay, I'm going to talk to you about technology. And, and maybe that's a good starting point. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go, Lucy. Oh, yeah. I, I, just to kind of follow on what you said about you know, talking to people. Um, I know for me, when I was kind of career changing into UX, the people that I met and the people that I talked to massively shifted my perception of the tech industry. So before I had this very st stereotypical view, and then when I started the boot camp and they would have these networking events and one career data analyst, again, based on like media representation, which would be my only idea of what a data analyst was. It seemed like a very going to offend people. <laughs> it seemed like a very dry, uh, maybe a bit boring profession. Sorry, data analysts. Uh, but then data analysts came and, you know, they did little talks and they talked about their job and kind of problems in their in their field. And it was super, super interesting. And they were really fun, really great people. You know, just sometimes just meeting someone, a real person can really shift your perspective from maybe, you know, it was the stereotype portrayed by the media and then realizing the reality, you know, that he's like really fun, interesting people, you know, people you can relate to. It's, it's yeah, it definitely, definitely changes the game. Cool. So, uh, I think that uh, we are running out of time and we could talk uh, forever about this topic because it's really interesting. But I would like that each of you ended with uh, just a thought about uh, about what we have talked about or something that summarizes uh, your your view on that. And I'll just go in, in the order that uh, I'm seeing you. So, uh, Javi, do you want to start to closing? Well, uh, first... Thank you for uh, this opportunity. I, you know, this hour, this hour has been uh, fun for all of us. I think. Uh, well, I think that we must uh, keep the, the the good things uh, and and start working on on the top of that. No, uh, things are starting to move. Uh, of course, uh, there's a long road ahead, um, but now. Uh, we are in the hands of those teachers and and parents and references that 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 can help us to move forward. I think that uh, especially teachers and parents uh, who are aware of of the problem can help us to to build a, a, a new world of of technology with more women involved. Um, and well, and those teachers who and parents who decide to break the rules and move outside of, of the boundaries of, of the topics 
they must teach are 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 key in this in this stage. So uh, you know, I I think they are going to to be the 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 people that will make this situation mm -hmm. change. Cool. Thank you, Javi. Thank you for for coming here. That was great to have you in in this uh, episode. So, uh, Lucy. So yeah, I agree with Javi. Thanks for having me here. This has been a really fun hour. Uh, and I guess to close it off, um, for me, the biggest way to to kind of increase representation of women in tech and to encourage the future generation to join tech is really having that real connection between you know the the new generation and real women or, or real diverse people who work in tech. You know whether that's online, whether that's through um, you know, face-to-face -face meetings and events, having that kind of real way to connect with people that you relate to, I think is the key to kind of being able to encourage the new generation into, into coming into this world. Thank you, Lucy. That was great to have you here. So to close in that, uh, Ceci? Yeah. Um, so thank, thanks a lot for having me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And... Well, I think all that you have already said is really, really important. And yeah, I think we need real references, real people that talk to us and tell us their experience. And I think we are taking steps here and don't stop now. Like we can do it. <laughs> so that's all. Thank you, Ceci, it has been a pleasure. So on my side, I just want to close saying that uh, thank you all of you for being here. And uh, I want to, to end with uh, some uh, thoughts of uh, someone that is really was really wise, that was Peter Drucker, that is one of the fathers of management. And uh, he described that a company is not something, it's not just about make money. A company also has a, a social responsibility. And I think that that's the point, that we as companies, we need to take care of, us, of our society. And there's no way to have a great society if it's so unbalanced. And we need to bring all the ideas of all the, the young people and uh, also to increase the diversity, to have all the points of view so we can create an awesome world. So, thank you, everyone. I hope uh, you. that you have found and uh, hopefully you will uh, come back to listen our podcast in the next episode. So, <laughs> bye to everyone. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. bye.